Welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, The Paper Nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. My guest today is the one and only Brittany O'Brien of Brittany Page Designs. And believe it or not, this is actually my second podcast with her. Last year, she came on the New York Now Paper Plane Cocktail Hour to chat with Amy and I. That episode, A Sticky Situation, aired March 11, 2021 and focused on stickers. Brittany's stickers were already getting a lot of attention. She and I had both just been quoted and featured in a Glamour article on the phenomena and Brittany's female-friendly designs, as we called them in that episode's liner notes, had already been shouted out on social media by A-listers like Simone Biles and Sophia Bush. It's easy to see why Brittany's work was so widely and immediately embraced. Her drawings have a colorful simplicity and accessibility to them. Meanwhile, there are also distinct feminist and pop culture notes throughout, all lettered in her signature sophisticated scrawl and exhibiting her rather snarky sense of humor. When Dobbs dropped in late June, like so many others, I turned to my Instagram feed for solace and solidarity, and Brittany was one of the first makers that I saw, at least, to release something relating to it. It's a sticker that was then available for pre-order depicting an African-American woman's hands holding up a sign saying they won't stop at Roe, with all profits going to Arc Southeast, which focuses on abortion support and funding in the southeastern states. But Brittany didn't stop there. I received an email from her on July 5th saying, in part, I've been looking around and noticing that so many other members of our community feel the same as I, and I began to wonder if we could organize ourselves to do some good. I started reaching out to other brands, asking if they would be interested in donating 100% of proceeds from one day of online website sales to the National Network of Abortion Funds. I currently have 28 confirmed stationary and gift brands on board, and we've chosen to run this initiative on Tuesday, July 12th. I noticed how vocal you've been, and I wanted to reach out to see if you'd be open to sharing the initiative with your followers on 712 to help raise awareness. Would I? You know I would, and I did. By the time all was said and done, there were 30 marvelous makers participating, and the entire shebang raised over $15,500. It was a testament to the strength, camaraderie, and generosity of our community and for a jaded cynical Gen Xer like me it was a wonder to behold all this millennial muscle so I had to have Brittany here to expand on this find out what else she is up to it is all coming up after this nerds I need to take a moment to acknowledge the sponsor of this podcast, Girl with Knife. If you are not familiar with this exquisite house of design that has been dropping jaws and raising eyebrows since December 2018, get with the program already. Alicia Castaldi is the one-woman force of nature behind this feminine, unapologetic, and authentic brand. And from this girl's knife springs this divine range of upscale stationery, pillows, and candles. 
barely does a tagline deliver the truth, but Girl With Knife really is your brand new BFF in paper goods, just as it promises. At its core is the humble greeting card, but in Alicia's hands, it's not so humble. Her designs have the polished, posh imagery that will make you swoon and want to jump into this little world that's combined with copy to hit whatever feel it is you are seeking. From that core, a vibrant range of stationery and gifts have sprung. Let me tell you, Alicia just sent me a big box of her 2022 releases, and they are beyond magnificent. Right now, everything is arranged in the corner of my office like a little stationery museum exhibit for me to occasionally go over and examine. Every last element has been carefully considered, so the candles not only look divine, their scents are out of this world, while the gift wrap is printed on super thick paper for that perfect fold and the sharpest present on the gift table. It's no surprise that Alicia and Girl with Knife were the talk of the winter shows, and now that the spring award season has passed, I can safely say they were the talk of that too. The Louis Awards are known as the Academy Awards for cards, and this year Alicia won Artist of the Year after being nominated for both Artist and Writer of the Year. This is an enormous industry nod and accomplishment, and meanwhile, the Noted at Noted Awards are held each year in conjunction with that May stationary event. In years past, Alicia has won Snarkiest Card, Best Color Combo, and Best Use of Profanity, taking that last award twice, oh my. This year, Girl with Knife delivered yet again and won Snarkiest Card, Best Just Because No Occasion, and Best Color Combo. More recently, she swung by my other podcast Podcast, the Paper Plains Cocktail Hour, presented with by New York Now, to chat with Amy and I about her approach, inspirations, and where she wants to take her breathtaking brand. Alicia only makes it look easy, however. She genuinely pours her heart, soul, and passion into every last release, and it really shows. So whether you work in the biz like me, or are just looking for that perfect Carter art print, head on over to girlwithknife, all spelled out, dot com, and get your shop started. I guarantee your stationery and you will slay. Welcome to the paper fold. Oh, thanks, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, so I have been a fan of yours since I discovered you at New York Now in the Emerging Artist section in February 2020, uh, just before the whole world ended. Uh, <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw your presidential wish list tote in the best new product area, uh, which I typically judged before heading out to the show floor. I know I picked your tote as a winner. I don't know if you won that year or not. <laughs> I did. That's a, well, that's, that's a throwback, but yes, I did. <laughs> you should. That's awesome. A lot of times the things I picked would never win. And I was always like, oh, if I pick you, <laughs> it's the kiss of death. So I'm so glad you won with that. It, it's a great, it was and is a great product. Uh, it, uh, was called, it's the, uh, called the presidential wishlist tote and it included tidbits. Uh, it was basically a list of traits that would have pretty much been expected in a president at one time, uh, but was something we were really hoping for in 2020 and it includes tidbits like condemns white supremacy, believes in climate change and isn't besties with Putin. Um, 
Um, then <laughs> it's a great tote, really, really clever. <laughs> I mean, I love a good bulleted list, but that was a really good bulleted list. Thank you. <laughs> so um, then I once I made it over to your booth, I snapshots of your amazing feminist stickers, which were really some of the first and the strongest that I saw. Uh, and so anyway, now looking back, it, it really occurs to me, you were really pushing the envelope from the start in any way you could, um, whether it was spotlighting like parts of body parts to sort of take away some of the shame or infuse acceptance, um, as well as just being really forward thinking about the specific needs, wants, and mindsets of the modern woman. So I'm really curious, what was your process for deciding to put product out into the world? Obviously, you were being very intentional, but what exactly was your intention? Yeah, so I guess, you know, I started creating products for this business, which at the time was not a business at all. Um, but I was just a few years out of college and I was working as a graphic designer for um, like fashion houses. So like Victoria's Secret and like, you know, like corporate fashion America. Um, and I guess I was just feeling fairly like creatively restricted. I think a lot of people my age, um, like the millennial, um, mm -hmm. you know, subset group of people, I'd say, especially women, I think mm -hmm. we were just sold this idea that, you know, do what you love and like, you won't work a day of your life. Right. Like that was like, that was the Kool-Aid that we were sipping. And then mm -hmm. we get out of college and we start working these jobs and we just have this like rude awakening of like, oh, well, this is still a job in corporate, right? Like you were, I'm like, oh, but I'm doing what I love. I'm doing graphic design. And then you're like, well, I'm still working for like these huge like corporations and it's super restricted. And honestly, it, it's censored at the end of the day. And I think that was when it all started. And I think the intention of my brand like came alive and maybe I didn't know it at the time. Um, but my sister, she was like, you need to start selling your art. So I was like, all right, as I'm working at these places, I put like a, I make a couple of cards and I put them out on Etsy. Um, and they were all about breakups, which is interesting. But like at the time, I guess I was like really entrenched in that. I was like 24 my friends were like starting to online date. They're getting ghosted by these boys. They're breaking up with their college boyfriends. And I wanted a card to give to them and like make them feel better. But there really just wasn't like that much stuff out in the market. Mm -hmm. And so I created something that I felt wasn't there. Um, and if there, if it was there, if there was that product, it didn't really feel like in my voice, right? Which is like sassy, mm -hmm. like pretty, like unapologetic, overt, and I guess uncensored, right? And so it's like this right. theme and like this intention of of making products that are uncensored. And I think that can even go like a little bit deeper because like, I think as women, especially as girls, we're taught to be small, right? We're taught to like, oh, like, just like be polite and be proper. Or like, as you get older, like, don't be the girl who talks about politics at the party or being the buzzkill, right? Like, those are things that I've experienced in my life, like throughout, throughout it. And I wanted, you know, and then, and then I felt that censorship in my corporate job where I wasn't allowed to like have the creative freedom. Or if I was putting too many rainbows in the June line, the CEO was like, Oh, we can't have that. And I'm like, what? Like, is this 2020 or 2019, whatever it was at the time. Like, where, right. where and when are you think we? About that, that's crazy because Victoria's Secret is about women's bodies and it's about 
it should be about like female empowerment, but you know, I mean, I don't want to rip on them and obviously, you know, (laughs) you work there, but, but you know, if you're restricting it into this like notion of femininity, um, you know, how nice to just be able to like burn it all down in your spare time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we don't have to rip on them because there's quite literally a Hulu documentary out about that. If anyone's interested, (laughs) it just launched like a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, I just think that being a creative person and being in this like really corporate environment is really restricting. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to start you know, just being able to be like more unapologetic with my artwork. And that was like the side hustle, I guess, that turned into the business. And that has, that intention has just kind of like stuck throughout the entire time of my brand. So. I love it. I love it. I mean, it feels very polished and at the same time, very unapologetic. And, you know, so it, it it hits all the right notes. And for a Gen Xer like me, who who like grew up where like, you know, my contemporaries were like, you know, don't go sell out and work for the man or, you know, whatever. I mean, people really <laughs> used to say that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Maybe not, maybe not call him the man. Uh, but then there was, you know, I, I think I grew up with that sentiment, like in high school and, you know, that was very anti-establishment. And then um, I went to college and I wanted to work for corporations and, you know, I worked for HarperCollins, I worked for a couple of big ones. And yeah, then you, you sort of like realize you're in this place um, that you had aspired to all your life. And then you get there and you're like, wow, <laughs> this isn't quite what I thought it would be. Uh, so right. I love, I love that you created this as res- in response, in response, or just to sort of, you know, like, sort of let your, let your, you know, sort of true self out and that it, it, um, made, it obviously made such an impact and you were able to, you know, I assume eventually quit those day jobs and start, you know, doing this full time, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I um I quit my corporate I was at a different place at that time, but I quit in December 2019. So oh, wow. right before and I I was freelancing um cuz I I guess the yeah, Victoria's Secret was a couple years earlier, but I was freelancing and like starting to do this, so that was like the first step. And then um obviously the pandemic happened, you kind of have I had no, no, I wasn't able to get another full-time job if I wanted to. So, um, but I guess I just ran with it. And that was when my experience, my business experienced the the most amount of growth, um, which is really exciting. And now I'm like full-time in it, like completely, uh, which is really cool. That is, so, that is so awesome. I mean, both for you and for other people out there to sort of be able to, to aspire to. <laughs> So I have been hearing that Kitty Meow Boutique name a lot lately. So I'm guessing that many of my listeners are already familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature, also known as Catherine Hildner. If you work in stationery, you would have to be living under a rock not to have heard about Catherine's dynamic slew of educational resources to grow your product-based business. Every time I go to her site or Instagram, 
Instagram feed, it seems like she is up to something new. For example, Catherine just helped throw the ultimate product party in Scottsdale, Arizona this past spring, and that event was such a success, they're already planning next year's. But now I want to backtrack to the brilliant brand that started it all, Kitty Meow Boutique. This collection of beautifully designed paper goods are fun, fierce, and designed to make women feel confident, empowered, and courageous. And I gotta tell you, this intoxicating range is the closest thing to bottling those powerful qualities in stationary form. All of a sudden, being your best, most impressive self seems easy and feels even natural. Now, I look at work from stationary makers day in and day out, and offerings from Kitty Meow don't just have the great messaging that we want to put out there to those we love via snail mail. It also has the sophisticated look of your favorite couture. But rather than just telling you this, I'm going to try and show you. So one of Kitty Meow's current bestsellers reads on front, so grateful for your crazy ass happy birthday. Now that's one brilliant birthday message for your bestie. It's succinct, it's clever, it's funny, but it's laid out with just the perfect blend of refined typefaces and accented with chic paint strokes in blush and black. Oh, and did I mention the black envelope? Girl, the card is just as hot as you and your friend, and Catherine's just getting started. So it's really not much of a surprise that Kitty Meow Boutique can now be found in over 1,000 locations worldwide. That is a huge accomplishment for a smaller brand. Understand that when Catherine started her range in June of 2018, her goal was originally to be in 100 stores. Also in 2022, Catherine was not just a stationary trends designer to watch, but also a 40 under 40 recipient. All of this underscores that Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace, and greeting cards are just the beginning. There's coasters, cocktail napkins, gift wrap, notebooks, notepads, pens, pencils, and pins. Every last empowering skew makes you not just feel seen, but good about yourself as well. Everything is essentially a little lift, visually and emotionally not just for those you love, but you too. Meanwhile, Catherine is getting ready to release a whole slew of cards this summer, and I, for one, cannot wait. If you are in the trade, everything will be up in her fair shop. You can visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and start filling those shelves. Or just bounce on over to kittymeowboutique.com to get your most meaningful shop started. definitely obviously are a maker whose personal philosophy is infused with your work and your confidence in putting it out there, uh, like I just said, empowers others to use their voices in a similar manner. Now, I just see the positive side of it, uh, but I'm not so naive to think that you haven't received any backlash. Um, Can you share any you have received and what has your response been? Yeah, you know, I'm always really shocked whenever I get like the random TikTok or Instagram comment that's like, oh, like, why are you bringing politics into art or, you know, some like weird thing, right? Because, I mean, for, first of all, like my, my brand is an extension of who I am. Like it's quite literally my name. So if there was ever any conf- there's any ever confusion, like Brittany Page is Brittany Page O'Brien, if anyone was curious. Um, and, you know, also like, and I think this is even like a larger conversation if we think about like, you know, like celebrities or, um, 
you know, actors and actors when they're or athletes, when they're told like not to like, you know, get involved in politics or get involved in these social issues. It's like, if I, I'm a person and I have beliefs and like, you, you don't just get to like put, put me in a box. Um, and again, if you've, if you've ever even like opened up like an art history 101 book, you would know that like art and politics have always been very deeply intertwined and to like ever say otherwise is just like kind of insane to me. And I would even take it further on like a more personal level, like even with just like, like, you know, like people or colleagues and they're like, oh, I don't get involved in politics. And it's just like, well, then what are you doing really? If you're, if you're not, if you're not listening to this stuff, it's so intertwined in our everyday lives that it, it's always just mind blowing to me when, whether it's like on a personal level or again, some random person commenting on my Instagram being like, what are you doing? No, what are you doing really? Um, is my question, but I don't know. I, I think it. I just, <laughs> thank you. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, late, recently I heard someone say when people say they, oh, I don't get into politics. The response is, well, politics will get into you. Um, so, yeah. you know, like, not to interrupt yeah. you, but like, I, no. I feel like that's the best comeback ever to say to no, them. It really is. Like, it affects all of us. Yeah. If you're not paying attention, I mean, then you're just, I don't know. I, maybe this is like a whole other conference, a whole other podcast <laughs> episode um, that we could get into. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for those people who, who do comment that, or even if it is a little bit closer, whether it's like a friend or like a store or an actual customer, um, you know, I just, I just, I let them know that they, they don't have to shop with me. You know, they can unfollow me. Um, that doesn't offend me. Um, you know, I know, I know I'm not for everyone and I know like my voice, my aesthetic, my values are not going to align with everyone's and that's okay. Um, and I know that there are a ton of stationary brands out there that don't get involved in these maybe more taboo subjects and that's okay too. Um, I can actually give you a, a funny story. Um, okay. So I have a sticker. I think you've seen it. It's like a spell book. It's like a purple spell book. And it says, <laughs> yes. it says hexes for Republicans on it. I right? love it. And it's been, <laughs> I've been a fan of it since I first saw it. I mean, it's hysterical. And it's so clever. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I like to say that I'm a witch sometimes. So this just kind of leans into that. Um, and I posted like a a photo of it on Instagram when it first came out. And I had a wholesale customer comment on the post. And it was just this is someone who's ordered from me a handful of times. And they just like commented, you know, I'm a Republican. And that was it. And so <laughs> I just responded like very politely. And I was just like, hey, like, you know, I just want to thank you for your like, your orders over the last like couple years. I've always enjoyed working with you. Um, just a reminder, my brand is an extension of my values and who I am. And I do have a lot of political products. I also have a ton of products that aren't political or, or aren't like these more taboo subjects. Um, and so if you feel uncomfortable with that, like, you know, I thank you for your, for your past, um, you know, orders and whatnot, but we yeah. don't, like, don't feel the need to like keep ordering it and that I'm, and I'm okay with that, something like that. And, you know, they responded like, no, like no, no shade or whatever. I just wanted to let you know. And again, it's just like, that's, I, I, listen, I have customers that I know don't align with my values and they order the funner stuff, maybe the more pop culture stuff, maybe like the nautical themed stuff. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. They, for them, they have chosen that they still will support me, even though my values are different. They're theirs. 
I'm not going to tell you that you can or can't do that. Um, but for me, I know I shop with people who align with my values and that's okay too. Right, right, right. And they can share it. And, you know, I, as long as nobody, as long as everybody is, you know, behaving and being, you know, civil, I, I stayed, I see no problem with sharing that. I mean, obviously she's not going to buy the hexes for Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That does not, I didn't really think your small shop in rural Virginia wanted that. So, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't pushing that on you, but like, you have to know that if you're, if you're buying from my brand, maybe, I don't know, 30% of it is very overt political products. And that's just, it is what it is. And then there's other products that don't have that in there that you can also buy. Um, but I will say like, if, if there's anything else that like, cause you just mentioned, as long as everyone's behaving, I mean, there are, there's totally like trolls and it's just like, it's nuts. My sister and I have this like ongoing joke that I should do, um, like do a TikTok that's like reads the tweets. Like, you know, is it like yes. Jimmy Fallon who does that? You should he do the it. <laughs> like maybe he has the celebrities read like the mean tweets about them. And um, I'm thinking of maybe doing it. I was you called like a floozy recently. I was like, oh God, it's just getting You're really. Floozy? You should be like, I'm a, a proud floozy. floozy. I'm a proud floozy. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why are you maligning floozies? Um, did one you, turn you down? <laughs> it was it was of course on one of the uh, the abortion posts that I had done. But uh, you can edit this out if you want to. But my response was, "Damn, I wish I was having that much sex to be considered a floozy." <laughs> so wish list. <laughs> that's my dream. Just, uh, that's how I, I usually don't respond or sometimes that's how I respond. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, you're a person, just like everyone else, you have moods. And if you read the wrong thing when you're at, at that moment, you know, you're going to say what you feel. And I think, I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. They're going on your page and sharing that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, you know, yeah. they get with And get. most of those people don't follow me. Like those are like people who are just like seeking out these, these posts and they want to start trouble. Um, which is why I normally do not respond, but we're all human. <laughs> right. Right. Look, I mean, I know it's just, I enjoy Please. I have a teenager and sometimes she can say something, <laughs> she can say something obnoxious and I just let it fly right over my head. And other days I'm just like, I'm ready to go, you know, 10 rounds. So, yeah. you know, it just depends. <laughs> what sure. kind of where I where the moon is in the sky? Um, sure. So <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your response to Dobbs. Uh, obviously, the rug was pulled out from under you, like it was for so many other Americans. Uh, but unlike a lot of us, you did something. Uh, you gathered a group of thirty gift and stationery brands, and on Tuesday, July twelfth which was just last week, everyone donated all their uh, website profits uh, to the yeah. National Network of Abortion Funds. Um, and it's it's my understanding that all donations literally go to help people get medical care no matter where they are. Um, and together, you guys raised uh, $15,663.46 with you contributing a cool thousand. Um, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, so my question is, uh, for others who may want to take on similar promotions, do you have any tips? Uh, were there any lessons learned that you would modify your approach next time? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, the first lesson 
which I guess was just like a learn and live thing is that, you know, if you're feeling helpless about something, then there are probably a lot of other people who are also feeling the same way as you. Um, And I think in those moments, like we're meant to be divided and we're meant to like isolate, but like, we have to remember that like as corny as it sounds, like we're stronger in numbers and like there is strength Mm -hmm. in community. And, and so, you know, when, when Roe vs. Wade was overturned, obviously like, you know, the leak had come out. So I had been preparing for it. And I think like, Mm -hmm. obviously most people were like, well, this is Mm going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I had like made a graphic that you probably saw. It's like the two hands holding a protest sign that said, you know, they won't stop at Roe. And I created that like, a couple of week after the leak came out and I was, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's clear what's going to happen here. Um, sure. And so created that into a sticker and decided to donate hundred percent of proceeds from that sticker to an awesome abortion fund called arc Southeast. It represents yes. the Southeast region of um, the U S and I think we're at like maybe $800 with that um, for all the sales. But I think just after that, you know, it was still just feeling super, helpless. And I think what I recognized was that so many other stationary brands, and I follow a lot of them, were Mm -hmm. posting very similar things to me, right? Resharing the same graphics, expressing the same anger and outrage. And just were like, well, what if we got everyone together, right? Like maybe we can do more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think that it was such an out of control moment. So and there's not much we can do to control this like large thing, but like doing good, no matter how small is helpful. Right. And it it makes you feel good and it does good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think just like, again, like that lesson is like knowing that you're not alone. And if you team up with, you know, it's not just on you, it's, there are so many other people that feel this way. And if you team up with those people, you can do more, um, than just what you would do alone. Absolutely. And I mean, like, what a great um, mechanism for consumers or, you know, who are also sitting at home feeling like they, they're doing nothing. Like, oh, all I have to do is buy from my favorite brand and the money goes right to uh, this, this cause. Uh, it, it was a great effort. It was a great thing to put out there. Uh, it was super exciting uh, to watch. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just in awe of, of how you brought it together and like just made it happen so quick. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, are, will there be a next time or are you planning and are you planning anything else that you can share, uh, here? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there will be a, a ne- I wish there wasn't a next time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. Yeah. I love to <laughs> love your answer to be like, we don't need there to be a next time anymore, but yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not actively planning anything right now, but I do mm-hmm. think that one of the best things that came out of this besides obviously 15,000 to the national network of abortion funds was being able to connect with these people in my community on a deeper level Um, and knowing that we are there for each other. And so, you know, if you read Alito's opinion, you know that they're not just coming after abortion access, right? And so if there are issues that are important to me in the future, whether I want to organize it or, you know, we one of the partners was Ashton Chess, who is an amazing Mm -hmm. um, queer and trans brand. And so if there's something that they're feeling really passionate about in the future and they ask me, hey, Britt, do you want to, do you want to do this? then like, hell yes. And I think Mm -hmm. this was a way to kind of organize 
a group of brands in this industry that clearly feels passionate about social justice issues. And now we kind of have access to each other going forward, which I think is super powerful. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, these are, are these all are intersectional issues. So, you know, right. the, so, you know, al- allying with each other and sort of banding together is, um, you know, only going to help us uh, moving forward. So I think it's great um, that you did that. And I'm a huge fan of Ash and Chess. I haven't seen them in a real, I don't think they've I don't think I've seen them at market in a really long time, but they're just so amazing. And uh, they rock. Long- they- <laughs> they're <laughs> just doing incredible things. <laughs> I know. They really, really are. And and honestly, all the 28, the 28 other brands are nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, they're all really, really amazing uh, brands. Uh um, in and of themselves. So on my liner notes on my site, I'll share um, that those those icons uh, that you made. So hopefully listeners can go and find them and follow them and discover them as well. Um, so I also wanted to congratulate you on reaching 20,000 TikTok followers. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank now, you. <laughs> when you shared it to your community, you referred to it as a quote, cringy app you were resistant to. Um, So as I mentioned, um, I'm 52. My 16-year-old has clearly driven home the fact that I am not hip in any way, shape, or form. So I used to think of myself that way. But um, anyway, but so now I have to ask you, why, like talk, explain this to me like I'm a kindergartner. Why did you think of TikTok as cringy? I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, have you grown to like it and how does it benefit your business? <laughs> okay. So TikTok is a beast. Um, it is a total beast and it was, it took some like warming up to, I would say. Um, obviously it got really popular during like those initial months of quarantine in the pandemic. And I remember my roommate was like, you have to download TikTok. You have to download TikTok. And I was like, I don't want to download that app. Like, I just do not need to be wasting my time with it. Um, It's like for children, blah, 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 blah. And I guess like a few months after that, I finally downloaded it and like started taking it seriously. Um, And I don't know, I would say it's cringy. And it's probably just like showing my like millennial age because I don't know, just having to consistently like talk, come up with these ideas and like watch yourself talk and listen to your voice. And I think just it's so different from Instagram where clearly everything was super polished. And if I'm like posting a photo of myself on Instagram, it's like with the good lighting and like a great outfit. And like now you just have to be posting like every day on TikTok and I'm on there like, you know, with no makeup on and my hair is frizzy. And I'm like, all right, we're just doing it because I have to react to this trend. Um, So it's just, it it is just such a beast. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say I'm really happy I did it because it's, it's been like insanely great for um, direct to consumer growth. And so Mm -hmm. I think what's so great about TikTok is that it's really good at getting your product or your posts, your brand in front of new people. Whereas Mm -hmm. Instagram historically has been better at getting your posts, your brand in front of people who already follow you. Right. Your Though community. I'm sure people would, 
Right. And I'm sure people would argue that they're not even good at that anymore. But um, <laughs> so, t- but, so TikTok is very good for discovery. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can give you like an example. I had, um, I have this like video that's kind of, it's one of my better ones. It's gone viral. And I'm talking about, you know, loving stickers, but not being able to commit to sticking them anywhere. And that clearly struck a chord <laughs> with a lot of people. And that video alone drove like, I think it was the month of March and it drove like $4,000 worth of sales, which is insane. And to put in perspective, the March of the previous year, I had $400 worth of sales that month. Wow. That's amazing. It's truly incredible what it can do, especially for small businesses. And like, not to say it's not hard and as I would say, cringy, but (laughs) I think if you just like, you know, you do it and you're consistent with it, um, it, it, it's super helpful. Um, okay. So yeah. That's yeah. I love it. First of all, I love it. That's amazing. I mean, it literally, that's a 10 times sales increase from 400 to 4,000. I'm not great at, I'm not great at math, but that I can master. Yeah. Don't ask me to I math, mean, Sarah, please. Ah, don't ask me. I know I got, I was a little scared that it was cringy because of old, like me and my husband on it. I have to say my daughter yells at either of us when she sees us on it. Like, and my husband just goes on it. Like, he just sits on it, but it's weird because everybody has different things in there. Like he watches really strange things and his name is Rick. So I always tell him he's Rick talking. Um, so, but (laughs) I'm really glad that it's not because of us. So (laughs) finally, I have one more question for you. You are returning to New York now next month. Yay. And I'm, I'm going to be there. I can't wait. Uh, can you give, uh, my listeners, um, as well as me, a glimpse of anything we can expect? Yes. So New York now I'm super pumped about, I was there in February and that was my first in-show trade show back since 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to compare the winter show to the summer show. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of what you can expect, I am in the stationary gift section along with all my other friends and pals. Um, We are launching a new product category. We actually just launched it, but it'll be there at the show. Um, pen sets, which are kind of like pop culture themed. Um, they're a lot of fun. So launching, just launched that. Um, also just like a shit ton of holiday cards. I did over 20 new holiday cards, um, and our holiday and fall candles, which are Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. The fall ones are like basic witch, hot ghoul shit. Um, all of those, (laughs) all those good, um, punny fall labels. Um, Yeah. So that'll be there. And then the last thing, which will actually be shown at the show are my ornaments. I do glass ball ornaments. Um, and that's something that I don't really sell on fair or anything like that. So that'll just be at the show brand new. That's really fun. I cannot wait, uh, to see them. And I love that. I love the idea of a pen set as like kind of a tailored accessory and like as something really smart, uh, to accessorize yourself with and, you know, sort of like be seen pulling out of your bag to jot a quick note, you know, like how, how fun is that? So, all right. Well, I can't wait to see you in person. Uh, it'll, this'll air next month, but for when we're taping it's next month. So I can't, (laughs) I can't wait to see you and, um, I can't thank you enough for coming by. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was good to catch up with you and I will see you in a few weeks.
It's too soon. I, I need to get I, ready. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I will not keep you any longer because I know we're also recording this in the middle of fair summer market, which I know you have, you've, you're busy. So thank you so much for your time. Have a good rest of market and I'll see you next month in New York. See you soon, Sarah. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on The Paperfold. I am so proud to call you a friend and to be able to continue to cheer you on and watch you and your brand grow. I can't wait to see you in person in New York City at New York Now, which kicks off August 14th. I'll be walking both New York Now and Shop Object. If you see me wandering around, please say hello. So finally, thank you for listening. Again, our theme music is by the wonderful Sharon Glassman of Smile Songs. See and hear more at smilesongs.com. If you like what you are hearing, please give me a five-star rating. And if you feel like waxing eloquent, feel free to leave a review too. Thank you so much, nerds. Stay safe.